Hello, everybody. I'm Dane Curley, and this is me clicking record. It's been 10 days since Queen Elizabeth II has died. This has been one of the most major bits of world news. It's even overshadowing this counter-strike by Ukraine against Russia, this amazing counter-strike that's knocked them back something like 8,000 square kilometers, several major cities recaptured. And uh, yet the news cycle keeps going back to the death of this British monarch, the longest reigning British monarch, who she had her platinum jubilee. Yes, yes, the Platinum Jubilee, it was fantastic. It was better, even better than the Diamond Jubilee, yes. Now I'll say rest in peace, Queen Elizabeth II. I'll start there, start with a little bit of politeness. But we're gonna have to address some inconvenient truths about British royalty. Now you may find that this is a triggering subject. You've been reading your People magazine... You like this Markle chick? And like, well, see, the British royalty is going to change. they got so many new influences on it, and they're not going to be living like the normal royals. Okay, okay, you can go over into the corner and ponder all your deep thoughts that you've acquired from People magazine. But let's talk about the royals who are still royals and maybe address the fact that with the death of Queen Elizabeth... It might be high time to disband the British monarchy. If you're looking for things to defund, folks, and perhaps you're a British defunder of sorts, there's probably few better things to defund on the list of defundable items than the British crown. But Dane, you can't say that. It's a... It's their culture. Yep. It's their culture to have been ruled by queens and kings for many hundreds of years. Yes. That is their culture. Maybe it's time to shed a little bit of that old dying snakeskin, perhaps? I mean, let's... Look, Queen Elizabeth was what people like to refer to as a stabilizing force... In British politics, she sat through many different prime ministers, many different governments, and they all paid her lip service and respect. And, you know, she knights people. They become knights. She says, you're a prince. You're a duke. Yes. Who's a lord? Who's not a lord? It's not that cool. I'm sorry, folks. But there is a problem with still having lords in a Western democracy. Now, to their credit, in the 90s, the Brits did try to limit the power of lords and limit the ability of somebody to become a lord just by way of their fortune and history and the history of their families. But boy, if you think America has problem with its past, think about that. These uh, literal conquerors of the past, their children and their great, great, great grandchildren are, uh, uh, you know, 
heirs to powers and literal thrones in a Western democracy. And even in the 90s, when they changed uh, the system quite a bit for their lords, nevertheless, I believe the number is 88. I think there are still 88 lords who have permanent lordships. There is no voting that can get rid of them. There is no change of circumstance that could get rid of them. They are your lords. And yes, they have some powers in your government and legislative powers, I believe. From what I read online, the lords have the power to scrutinize and refine legislation. Now, they used to have more power, that they used to be able to block uh, bills. Uh, and, and now that power has been limited. They... They, you can't, they can't block anything that was supported by a majority of the House of Commons. But listen to the nomenclature here. Commons and Lords. Isn't it about time to, again, shake that old dried up snakeskin off of the body? Yeah, I understand it's a constitutional monarchy. But guys, you don't have to be a constitutional monarchy. Now, listen. I do benefit from some of the functions of this government. I'm going to school. The school is in England and it is uh, its chairperson is the Princess Royal, right? This is Queen Elizabeth's daughter. And, but does it have to be? I mean, I'm just asking a question. I don't want to, you know, I don't know if I'm violating any of my uh, <laughs> student code of conduct here. I don't want to get kicked out of the school. They gave me a great deal, much better deal than any of the American schools would have cost cost me, but uh, can I just ask a question? Does it have to be that person? Is she truly integral to the running of the school and the education that the students are getting? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm ignorant to that. I'm ignorant to that. I'm just asking questions. But it all really does start to fall apart. This illusion of sacrosanctity, this illusion of purity in this royalty when all you got to do is remind yourself of another one of Queen Elizabeth II's children, Prince Andrew. That's right, Prince Andrew of Epstein Island, the Duke of Epstein Island. And, you know, that's a big problem. Yeah, they took him out of public life. He kind of had to resign out of a lot of roles, but he was her son, Queen Elizabeth II's son, is one of the most tied billionaires to the Epstein scandal. He was in a picture with an underage girl on Epstein Island, and his defense for it was, well, I don't remember taking that picture. I mean, uh, the, the picture doesn't exist in my memory. It can't, I don't know. I have no explanation for it. But clearly there's a picture. Like, he didn't say it was photoshopped. He didn't say it wasn't real. He just said, oh, I, have, I don't know who that is. I, have, I, was not, I don't recall being in any such picture. But, but, but uh, Brince, Duke of York, whatever the fuck your name is, this is a picture of you with her. Like We all have it. I'm just going to step down from all my, my things. Don't worry, I'll still get to be a billionaire because my mummy is the queen. My mummy is the queen and I can do what I'd like. I don't know, guys. You know, listen, I understand I'm an American born after a few generations to an immigrant uh, legacy family that came in the late 1800s, early 1900s, depending on which side of the family you're from. 
and we love America. We love all the aspects of freedom and democracy that America gave us and the opportunity to be a little bit more successful than we could have been elsewhere as, you know, modern day serfs to the mafia or what have you. Uh, but I think, you know, you Brits, you're so much like us now. It's been a long time since we kicked your asses back in 1776 and then all those other little wars that happened after that. And, you know, it's been a long while. And now, you know, since we saved your asses in fucking World War II, you've been a lot more like us and World War One, And, you know, we save your asses a lot these days. We're, we're, we're the best old non-friend that you've ever had. And now we're your friend. That's a beautiful thing, but you'd be a better friend if you ditched the whole king and queen thing. It's this weird contradiction that these dictatorships get to look at and be like, eh, you're not really a fucking democracy either. And that's problematic if we're going to be the fucking two countries most uh, determined to spread democracy around the world. Well, one of our democracies has lords and a monarch. And while Queen Elizabeth II did seem to be the stabilizing force, this interesting figure, didn't meddle in affairs too much, wasn't clearly didn't seem to be a douchebag, seemed to be like about as nice as a monarch could be. But her son, the new guy, Prince Charles the Humphidumph, whatever number he is, have you seen the videos of this guy talking to the help? Have you seen the videos of him talking to his staff or signaling to them with angry eyes and gritted teeth? Go blast it! Get this bloody pen off my desk! I need some better penmanship and this pen is leaking all over my bloody hand! Ugh, ugh. Makes this face like, ugh, get this disgusting peasant pen out of my fingertips. Blah. Like, this guy is not the same kind of caliber as his mumsy, okay? But my friend made the comment that, you know, well, it's only fitting if she was the longest monarch that her son would be the shortest because he's inheriting it at such an old age. He's in his 70s. And how long can the guy live with his blotchy skin? I'm, sir, I'm not disrespecting you. It's just you do have some blotchy skin. Again, I hope I don't get expelled. I, I, I sincerely do. Uh, this is all a comedy show, folks. Just comedy. Just comedy, just making you laugh, making you think a little bit, maybe asking a couple of dangerous questions, sharing a couple of dangerous ideas. Yes, I'm not going to refute, refute that. Refute it. I'm not going to refute that aspect. But I don't know. Royalty just it kind of makes me uneasy as an American and as a person. I just don't see the... And look, we've all... I mean, the whole world over. But America also has its troubles with oligarchy and... Billionaires buying elections, you know, and, and, and they wanted that certain billionaire to become king, uh, many of his supporters. So, look, I, I know we're not perfect either, but so far we've avoided having a king. And yes, there's oligarchy and they seem to have unlimited powers through money and, and influence, but they do have to spend that money to get the power. They're not just born into it. And that is a bit of a difference. They do have to pay to play and compete against each other. The monarchs don't have to compete against anyone. They are the monarchs. There's no challengers to the throne. There's no Ro Robert the Bruce is here. Robert the Bruce is here to challenge the throne from Prince Charles II. He's coming to fight that 76-year-old bastard. Get this bastard out of here. 
I mean, that would be fucking hilarious if that's the way it still worked. But it ain't. But it ain't. So you're stuck with the brother of Prince Epstein. And then it's going to be his kid, you know, Prince William. And I don't know, like, how did these people grow up? Are they are they real normal people? I mean, according to People Magazine, Prince Harry's totally normal and cool, okay? But I don't know. How did they grow up? I feel like they, they must have been bratty. I don't know. who. How did the disciplining work? How hands-on was the parenting? I'm just curious. I don't know. I'm not. This isn't real. I have no idea. I'm just curious. I just feel like it went a little bit. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just picture it all as fast times at Ridgemont without the high, right? <laughs> just fast time, fast times at Ridgemont, and it's just like, <laughs> young man, did you finish your fencing lessons? Gosh, Dad, like. I tried to fence, but, you know, the teacher was such a jerk. God. Blast it, young man. You're supposed to get your fencing lessons so you could prepare to be king someday. Oh, Dad, you're always judging me so unfairly. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know why I see it all like that. <laughs> But, Dad, I don't want to take another polo lesson. I love that horse. I don't want to ride him all day. God! Prince William, you'll ride that horse till it's bloody in the hoofs. <laughs> by the way, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash Dane Curly. Patreon! Yeah, why aren't you going to Patreon? Oh, don't you like the podcast? God, I don't understand you people. It's okay, dude. Prince fucking William. Chill the fuck out, bro. It's okay, dude. Gosh, I'm just so sick of everybody in this royal family. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It's, you know, it's taken up the space from all the other news. Like, you know, it's interesting. There's a huge, huge comeback for the Ukrainians. I wonder what happens if I just go, like, what's what's top of mind right now? You know, and they, I guess, you know, in America, they've got this, that whole migrant thing. If you want to talk about it, we could talk about it. I think the migrant thing is, well, and let me just give you a little background on it. Essentially, what happened was, um, there are a few Southern Republican governors. They are shipping out illegal immigrants to Northern Democratic-run states. It was obviously a political stunt. And I think they thought that it was all going to be, you know, a big slam dunk on the Democrats. But what it ended up being was, okay, some extremists, Thought it was cool and ha yeah that'll teach them. And actually, I don't know why I'm still doing the Prince William from Fast Times at Ridgemont voice, uh, but it turns out that most people were like, well, gee, that's fucking weird and cruel. Like, why didn't you? If you caught them already, why didn't you send them through the the channels of government back through you know border security and deport them? 
like you would normally do if if you'd caught them. Instead, you know, they told them this weird fantasy and lie under an as an official government, you know, an official state government did this, state government agency representing the government. Just lied to these people and sent them to other northern states. And the most famous one that has been in the news is um you know, I don't know if it was 50. Yeah, 50 migrants were sent to Martha's Vineyard. They were put on a plane. You know, the, the southern state paid the southern people's tax money to put these people on a plane. I don't know who th- thought that was a good use of their tax dollars. But anyway, they get to Martha's Vineyard and nobody in Martha's Vineyard is expecting them. But all these people were told that they could expect jobs and there's this great program waiting for them there. And it was just this really cruel disgusting thing and apparently the people came from texas so that's uh, governor abbott but they were paid their flight was paid for by florida which is governor desantis so those two guys did this it's just really weird like they're like oh yeah bro now i really get why our voices are like this hey bro you want to send these freaking migrants off to martha's vineyard <laughs> dude that'll be totally cool dude Dude, I'll pay for a plane. I'll pay for a plane. Yeah, dude, because I got a bunch of them here in Texas, man. We can send them up. We can send them right up over there, man. I'm just going to give you my voice. Going to get a little bit more like Texas now. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, totally tubular. I'm from actual Florida, so my voice is totally Floridian, bro. I'm like a real surfer, dude, bro. Let's send 50 of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll send 50 of them. Martha's finger will pour crack a wine bottle open over their heads yeah bro crack some wine bottles over there. you know you shake it up real fast and you open it and pop one with the cork in their eye <laughs> maybe they'll go blind yeah bro maybe they'll go blind like that that's the real explanation for what happened i just gave it to you you don't need journalism that's what happened two douchebag governors with more power than they should have for their personality types did something mean to 50 people to to hurt, to, to try to win some fucking political debate that it didn't help them win. Figure that shit out, man. I don't know. Lost a lot of respect for those two. Lost a lot of respect for those two. I, I think, you know, some of the quotes from the CNN piece is uh, no one knew they were coming. And they, they're like, no one knew we were coming. Like, this is horrible. We thought, like, we... Th- we thought they were going to be waiting for us because they told us all this. And like now these people are kind of banding together. And 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 DeSantis's response to this is, dude, like if you think that's the last plane full of migrants I'm going to send up to Martha's Vineyard, you are seriously mistaken, bro. I'm going to do it at least another 10 times. And like he doesn't realize what a douchebag fucking piece of shit move that is. And you know what? I know there are millions of Americans who are like, yeah, send over those migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Send those migrants over to those northern Yankees. Yeah. And they're flying their Confederate flags. But fuck them too. They're also pieces of shit. Fuck you. This is not fucking cool or nice or respectful. These people are fleeing countries that are fucking run by drug cartels where they chop up their family members if they don't become slaves in the fucking fields. And then they come to America and look, I get it. Some of them aren't aren't going through the proper means, but 
you don't have to then treat them like they're fucking douchebags, like they're assholes like you are. It's projection. It's projection, I guess. They're treating them the way they see themselves in the fucking mirror. I mean, <laughs> look at this. Let me just read this little excerpt because it seems like it, if you're not with me at this point, it, it, it might give you a little bit more context to what these people are going through who come here. The quote at the top of the uh, section is, we're all in this together. Pedro Luis Torrealba, 37 years old, said he left the Venezuelan capital of Caracas with his wife in mid-July. Their two children are six and 11. They stayed behind with relatives. Because, you know, you got to get your bearings. You don't want to bring a kid through this. Sure. The couple started the roadless crossing on the border between Colombia and Panama. The deadly Dar Darlin... Is that right? Or Darien Gap. The deadly Darien Gap is the border between Colombia and Panama. With more than 60 other migrants they left, Torrealba said outside the parish house on Thursday night, they're outside of a parish house where they're being interviewed. Sorry, I need to give you a little context. I apologize for this poor reading. I'm going to do a better job from now. Only 22 of the 60 completed the trek across 60 miles of jungle and steep mountains, he said. Some fell from the cliffs. Others were swept away by floodwaters. Those deaths are occurring at a time when a record number of undocumented migrants are overwhelming the U.S.-Mexico border and dying while attempting to cross. In Mexico, Torrealba said, the couple and other migrants were briefly abducted by members of the Zetas cartel, a violent drug trafficking organization. When he told them he could not make the extortion payment to allow them to continue their journey... He said a cartel member used pliers to pull out his two gold teeth. Bro, wouldn't it be cool if after that we then sent him on a plane to Martha's Vineyard? <laughs> they finally made it across the U.S.-Mexico border earlier this month. In San Antonio, they encountered a woman who offered them a free flight to a place they had never heard of, along with a promise of immigration assistance, housing, and employment. Torrealba did not receive treatment for the injuries to his mouth and jaw until they arrived in Martha's Vineyard. You thought you were the fucking good guys here? Are you for real? You should be ashamed of yourselves, and everyone should find this disgusting and sick. It doesn't matter what your political opinion is. The guy had his teeth pried out with pliers. You think they gave him anesthetic? The Zetas cartel? He's fleeing Venezuela, which is the fucking socialist nightmare that all these Republican people you claim to be standing up against. They don't give a fuck about the Venezuelans. This guy fucking makes it here. He should have asylum. They should have done everything they could to help this guy get asylum. But because he didn't come through with a fucking standard green card, this is how he was treated. Another Venezuelan, David Bautista, 26 year years old, said he left San Cristobal, the capital city of Tachira State, in late July. More than a month later, he crossed the Rio Grande to Eagle Pass, Texas, from the Mexican border city of Piedras Negras. He said, I think that means the Black Mountains or the Black Stones. Black Stones, right? Piedra, Manos de Piedras is the hands of stones, the Black Stones. He said he was released by U.S. immigration authorities after 11 days in detention. 
They gave him papers for an immigration hearing in Washington, D.C. Okay, that's a little more normal. Oh, but but wait, it's not normal because at a migrant shelter in San Antonio, he too was offered the free flight and the benefits that supposedly came with it, including help with changing the date and location of his immigration hearing. It was all a lie, of course. I can't tell you anymore because I don't know anymore, he said. We're all lost. We're all in this together. We just know this is an island somewhere in the United States. They didn't even tell them where they were going. Standing next to Bautista, a 52-year-old man named Osmar Cabral, who said he was from Portugal and has been living on Martha's Vineyard for four months, handed the migrant a folded $100 bill. I've never met him before, Cabral said, but I came here with a friend because I wanted to help. We're all brothers. His friend, Franklin Pierre, a Venezuelan who has lived on Martha's Vineyard since 2015 and works for a party rental company, was there to speak with some migrants and offer them advice. You have to show up for your immigration hearing or you'll be deported, Pierre told Bautista and other young men gathered around him. You're arriving here after the busy summer season and work is hard to find because it's a vacation spot. And winter is very cold, sometimes reaching 10 degrees below zero. Imagine that and not having work. So I think it's clear who who did the right thing here. And it's the fucking people on Martha's Vineyard. The governor of Florida and the governor of fucking Texas did some absolutely sinister shit to human beings, to fellow human beings, to the human beings who are going through shit that they claim they stand against in Venezuela and Mexico and all around the world. Now, if you got to send them back, that's heartbreaking enough. And you can do it if you think that's the right decision for immigration reasons or otherwise. But that's not what they did. You could have helped fucking (laughs) sew his gums up. Man. So there you go. Two interesting stories about two very different countries that are really very much the same. One has a fucking queen and now has a king, rather. And the other has, you know, assholes all around us. And some of the assholes are rich and some of the assholes are powerful. And some of them talk like this. (laughs) But ultimately, uh, I think we could all do better in the world. I think we could shed uh, this need for kings. And I think we could shed this need for any kind of tyrant or bully. And I don't know what the solution is per se, but let's start looking for it, eh? Thanks for listening. I'm Dane Curley. This has been me clicking record. Peace. One, two, three. This is a podcast. Dane Noodles. This is a podcast. It's a podcast, Dane. This is a noodles. And we like sex. Did I overdo it on the voices, dude? Bro, I swear I was just trying to make you laugh, bro. Gosh.